Welcome to the Wake the Giant broadcast. I'm your host, Alan Garrett, and we have Chris Van Scoy in the studio. Good evening. Today's topic is 10 common misconceptions about spiritual gifts. 10 common misconceptions about spiritual gifts. Yes, sir. All right. So I thought about starting out kind of with our backgrounds, because um, I think it's in po- it's, it would be helpful for people to know kind of our journey and our backgrounds, because eva- some people will evaluate this. They'll want to know, okay, where are these guys coming from? So maybe you want to talk about your journey with the spiritual gifts, and then I'll hop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, yeah. I got saved in 2002 with really new, I mean, I guess a Catholic background, but even then I didn't pay too much attention. I wasn't that good a student in Catholic school or church. Uh, so 2002, I, I really didn't know much. I got saved in a Nazarene church. Um, and I, I wouldn't say there was a lot of teaching on the spiritual gifts. They weren't so much anti in the church I was in. Um, but I just had the Bible and it was just, I just believed every, you know, I read it. I believed it. The first person I ever saw healed, um, I was, I remember I just prayed. I, I didn't even lay hands on them, but I prayed. I said, Lord. Your word says, ask and we'll receive. And it tells us that you heal and that we can ask and people will be healed. And I said, so I'm asking for this man I don't know. And I heard clear as day, the Lord said to me in my head, it wasn't audible, but I know it was the Lord. He said he's healed. And two weeks later, the guy who had stage four cancer came back and it was gone. So that was my first miracle. And that was about two months into my salvation. So you were going to have a really hard time convincing me that God didn't move in that way. And then uh, it would have been uh, about 2013 is my prayer life was developing. Now, I'm, I'm probably had gifts manifest themselves at time during ministry. But in 2013, I was praying and really developing that intimacy with the Lord. And I went to pray one night down next to my bed and out of my mouth came, but I love, blah, blah, blah. And it scared the crap out of me because I, I couldn't control it. And every time I tried to pray, that's what happened. So the next day I called my pastor and I remember he was uh, doing some uh, remodeling on the church because he's a carpenter. And he said, come on down and talk to me. Cause I said, I got to talk to you really important. And I said, um, so last night I went to pray and I think I prayed in tongues and I don't have control of it. And he looked at me and he goes, sounds like the Holy spirit go with it and walked off. And so I didn't really have any even guidance on that. And, and, um, I just began seeking out the Lord in that area. And, and, st- and I started realizing there's more to this whole Christian thing and the Holy Spirit thing. There's God wants to move in a way. And so I began to learn about the gifts, begin to uh, try, you know, just put myself in situations where I could be, the Holy Spirit could move through me in such a way and uh, begin to see them. I, I did ended up doing uh, some Sunday schools on, on, on the gifts and, and a lot of people wanting to learn because they were in the same boat as me, just not knowing. And so that so brings me to hold out your Bible and yeah. start learning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good place to, to, to be is in the Bible, in the word. Um, for me, I became a Christian when I was five. So, uh, that was, I mean, uh, so 1967, cause I was born in 62. So yeah, about 1967. And I remember, praying the Sunday school teacher talked about heaven and hell and I I thought that was a good deal um I, I kind of like the idea of fire insurance 
So anyway, I remember praying on my bed to receive the Lord, and I did several times after that just to make sure it's, it was sticking. <laughs> Um, but, um, I grew up in a church. It was a great church in the, in Scottsdale, Arizona. And, uh, they were kind of a dispensationalist church. So the dispensationalism teaches that God works certain ways in certain periods of history. There's the period of prophets and there's the period of, of the Kings. And there's the, uh, I mean, maybe they were that, maybe they would, maybe they overlap, but there's the, the whole, uh, you know, patriarch period. And then there's the church age and God works different ways during different periods of history. And they, they kind of taught that God uses signs and wonders kind of often to start off a, uh, a dispensation. And they felt like that signs and wonders were used at the beginning of the church age. And then they faded out and they taught that, uh, that where the scripture says, um, when the perfect comes, the impartial we will be done away with, uh, I, I prophesy in part and prophesy in part, um, and those things will be done away with when the perfect comes. And they taught that the perfect was scripture. And so since we have scripture, we no longer need these things. And so that's, that's what I believe growing up. So I believed in some of the gifts yeah. growing up and, uh, some of the gifts, uh, especially the ones that weren't miraculous. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, All the yeah, ones yeah. that are miraculous passed away. So that's kind of interesting how, how you how you would define what gifts pass away and what, what don't is confusing to me. Yeah, you know, you know, when you said that, I was thinking um, kind of about something else, but it really in mind mm -hmm. this is a lot of things that we begin to, we believe and begin to teach or that I found that have been taught to me are affected by our experiences. They are more and, than people think. Yes. And not so much the word of God. Yes. In, in, um, I mean, I'm talking godly men, and this I'm not trying to be critical. Yeah. But I, I see, and, and I know this has done it for me too. So this is, but I see this a lot where because we maybe don't see healings sometimes or whatever. We explain them away. Yeah, we explain them away. And so the gifts aren't in operation anymore, or this one is, and this is. Yeah. The, or, we, or we believe, we see scripture sometimes through the lens of our experience, but also what we've been taught. And so the, I'm going to share a little bit more about my personal experience, but the first misconception that we wanted to talk about was uh, some gifts are no longer needed because now we have the perfect, which yeah. some people define as scripture. So I remember that's what I believed. And then I went uh, from high school, went to college at a school called Westmont in Santa Barbara, which is a interdenominational uh, liberal arts Christian college. And I, I, I was a Bible major there. Yeah. So between uh, my very good church that I grew up in, they taught me uh, good biblical study principles. And then also the the knowledge of original languages and things I, I gained through Westmont. Um, I was a student in the Bible. And I remember um, uh, I, I, I came in contact with the Vineyard Christian Fellowship of Santa Barbara. My, uh, my wife, who we weren't married at this time, was going to a home group. And in this home group, it had some very attractive things happening in it. Uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit was moving, and um, it, it caused me to rethink about my definition of spiritual gifts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because when I saw things actually happening, I go, well, wait a minute. I was told these, these things passed away with. Pa they passed away. And so um, I saw worship happening. I saw people getting healed. I saw when we would worship in the, in the presence of the thickness, that thick presence of the Holy Spirit would fill the room. Um, there was one girl that went to Westmont that was uh, uh, demonized. She would man manifest demons. They would throw her to the ground. Wow. And we found out that uh, 
nobody thought to ask her, but she wasn't a Christian. She was involved in, in Wiccan yeah, witchcraft, yeah, yeah. going to a uh, Christian, Christian college. college, and so my wife led her to the Lord, and there was a process of a, a, few, uh, a few months yeah. that they really had to work on getting these demons out and repenting of things, and, and it was, it was a, a little bit of a battle for her, but uh, she was saved. And so I would see things like that, what, that would happen, and it, it, it would cause me to, you know, when healings would happen, it would cause me, it caused me to reevaluate uh, that, that whole concept of some things have passed away. And so I went back to Scripture, and the Holy Spirit took me through a Bible study. And to me, now when I read that passage, it's obvious that the perfect is not Scripture. There's no uh, real direct connection of, 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 of saying that's an interpretation. The perfect being scripture. That's just that's just an yeah. interpretation. If you look at it at that passage, it makes more sense that when the perfect comes, the impartial will be done away with. Uh, we prophesy in part, we prophesy in part. Um, and so when we when the kingdom comes in its fullness, when we're perfected, you know, when yeah. when 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 the kingdom comes in its fullness and and sin is finally broken. I mean, the cross broke everything, but when that is realized, when Jesus comes back and, and all of creation is restored. We won't need prophecy, yeah, because we'll be able to hear directly. Yeah, we won't see dimly because there'll be there'll be. A, does There's, that make sense? Yeah, something that struck yeah. me there when you said that. One of the things a lot of times people say is the perfect is the Bible. I've yes. heard amongst sensational, mm -hmm. and um, if if that's the case, when you read the Bible and it tells us like in Mark, go out and heal, uh -huh. cast demons out, speak in tongues. These signs will follow those that believe. Yeah, you can't, you know, not. And how do you interpret that then? And so, you know, we have to be careful mm -hmm. of adding so much of us into the word. Yes. You know? and, and it's interesting now through my experience of, because uh, that was in the 80s that I, 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 I kind of came into the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that was, would have been 1984, 85, right in there. Yeah. And um, I can I can tell you I can I can give you examples personal examples of seeing every single one of the spiritual gifts functioning. Yeah. So uh, to me, uh, yeah, my experience has changed my theology. I, I'm I'm, I'm going to admit that, but it's it's actual. Some of the misconceptions about holy the, the the gifts of the Holy Spirit are because people lack experience. Yeah. So they bring their lack of experience, which is experience. Yeah into the ter interpretation of scripture. So sometimes you have to have a working knowledge, a working relational knowledge of how the spiritual gifts work yeah. in order to make sense of them. Yeah, when I say experience too, I mean, yeah, when you experience yeah. God and you experience him in an encounter, when like the presence of the Lord, like my salvation mm -hmm. was in experiencing the Lord. No one led me in mm -hmm. a prayer. No one explained anything to me till days later. I couldn't speak for two days yeah. because I, I realized how much sin I had done. So, I mean, the Lord is in the Holy Spirit is experiential in that way. Um, but it's, 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 it's our lack of experience, isn't it? That lead us to interpret things differently. And so I wouldn't, I would never say if, if anyone experienced the Holy Spirit moving power, like you've experienced mm -hmm. God, you know, it was God, you're going to be changed. Yes. You're not going to, these things aren't, you're not going to question them uh, as much maybe. Yeah. Um, so if, if anybody's hearing this and they want to know more about spiritual gifts, I'm going to go quickly through the passages that talk about spiritual gifts. Can, one what of the things you said, too, about it, um, 
uh, no longer being in use mm-hmm. before we go into yeah. the list, if that's okay, is just the fact that, that Paul says over, we talked about this, but to each one is given manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Mm-hmm. We the com or the edification of the body, the building up of the saints, different translations mm-hmm. like that are different verses. That has not ever gone away. We still have a responsibility yeah. of that. And one of the passages, like it might be the same one. I'd have to go back and check, but it says they're given until we attain a unity of the faith. It is, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. We haven't. Have we attained a unity of the faith yet? No. And isn't it funny that one yeah. of the most divisive things that stops the unity of faith is gifts? Yeah. So. Um, so anyway, um, good point there. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11, and 28 through 30. Romans 12, 6 through 8. And 1 Peter 4, 9 through 11. And then it talks about office gifts, and we'll talk a little bit about that in, uh, later. Uh, and that's in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. So there's more than one place that talks about spiritual gifts. So anyway, that was our first uh, first misconception is that uh, the, the gifts have passed away. And I can tell you from personal experience, I've seen every single one of them. I've seen miracles. I've seen healings. I've seen blind eyes opened. I've seen deaf ears healed. Uh, I've seen uh, we uh, it, uh, Jesus Culture Sacramento, a friend of mine and I prayed for a, a young girl's hands and they were red and puffy. They had some autoimmune disease and they would swell where she couldn't move them prayed for her for 10 minutes and saw her hands become normal right in front of yeah. us. So, I've, uh, yeah, go ahead. I've seen, I mean, definitely cancer healed. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a big one in my life. I think that's because I, I hate cancer because mm-hmm. there's so many people that I know that have died from it. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's allowed me, really um, allowed me to be part of his work in healing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen a lot of like the pain healed. I've seen the ears uh, healed. Um, I haven't got, found a blind guy yet, but I'm I'm working on that. I'm, I'll be willing to pray for that. Yeah. I I mean I pray for everything. Um, yeah, I, I've prayed for two dead people that are still dead, but I'm working on it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I there was a guy. Uh, he was a, a faith healer, R R W Schombach, mm-hmm. and they said to him one time, um, "What are you going to do if you pray for uh, someone and they die?" And he said, "I'm going to say, bring me the next one." Yeah, you know, because that's it's faith. It's faith. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's it's not. Yeah, God didn't change. I've had uh, 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 prophecy. I've had very specific prophetic things given that are accurate. Um, here's just a, a general one. Uh, uh, last Tuesday, uh, we had a meeting at a friend of mine's house named Danny Stain, and there was a, a new woman that came, and I had a word for her, and I gave the word, and she said it was right on. And then I had a friend who was watching online, and he texted me a word, and I gave it to her, and it was... Uh, very much the same thing that I said. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I, w- I watched at the end of the meeting, Danny Stain went over to her and had a word. He had more than I gave, yeah. but he hit all those same points. So sh- this woman got the same word three times, and it was all stuff that people wouldn't have known. But it was, I, I, she just texted me um, like a, an, about an hour before this broadcast, and she was just uh, she was just, it really ministered to her because she's going through a huge transition in her life right now. And, and God is just putting some ducks in a row for her and, 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 uh, the hand of the Lord is all over her and yeah. God had her number and he dialed it. Yeah. <laughs> it I've good. seen, um, yeah, I like prophecy. I've seen that in a wide variety mm-hmm. of ranges too. Like that where it's very personal mm-hmm. and very clear. 
and then you uh you know you get the prophetic like sometimes i mean they speak in this mm -hmm. colorful like ezekiel language uh -huh. like how many mushrooms <laughs> did those guys take you know because it's it's crazy <laughs> some of the stuff but it has its meaning and mm -hmm. rich in it and uh like i said in 2013 i also uh i met a guy who who was very gifted and mm -hmm. um and uh i went up there's a line to have him pray for you because he mm -hmm. worked more in a deliverance and healing ministry and as i walked toward him he looked at me and he said the one word that i had been praying because i was going through some stuff and i mm -hmm. there was one word i just kept saying over and over again to the lord and he picked up on it yeah and and, and he said it and, uh -huh. and only the lord could have known that nobody <laughs> else could have and from i mean it was like the lord was just saying yeah, i hear you that's good and uh and so um that really opened my eyes to a lot of things as far as prophetic goes and the gifts. It, it amazes me how specific the Lord can be. Oh, and yeah. I, I've told you this story before, but uh, when I, I was at uh, John Wember's church, so this is a while ago because he's passed away. Um, I, did, I was doing a home group there uh, for the young adults. When you see, you can tell I'm not young adult now, so this is a while ago. Um, and uh, we, we were praying for this young woman, and I got a picture of a pearl and a clam. And um, I, I said, uh, I'm seeing a picture of a pearl and a clam, and she started just bawling. And I hit something. I knew I hit something, but you know, I was, I must have, must, must have been on the mark, but I didn't know. And then I said, uh, the Lord says He's, He's the clam, and you're the pearl, and you're really, really valuable to Him. And she just started bawling. And I found out afterwards that that she had just broken up with her fiance, and that was their term for one another. Oh wow. So, I mean, I could have pulled out my Bible and said, well, it says in John 3.16 that he loves the world and you're part of the world, so therefore he loves you. And it would have been a logical argument. It would have been true, but it wouldn't have had the same impact. The fact that God would reveal something to somebody she didn't know, and he would say, no, I, God was saying to her, I'm, I'm the clam, I'm your protection, I'm your, your covering, and you're my valuable pearl. I mean, I mean that could uh, she could have gone counseling for years and not been able to hear God loves you, but that one word of knowledge hit home. Yeah, words of knowledge like for evangelism, I mean, are mm. unbelievable. That's good to see that. I've seen. Uh, I had a similar experience. I went to a Randy Clark like school thing. Um, it yeah. was in Connecticut, and. Um, I'd say the Holy Spirit was moving in two ways because my wife woke up, didn't know who Randy Clark was, and said we need to go to Randy Clark from a dream. So she, really, she had a dream. She didn't know dream, who she was. Didn't know. That's I had awesome. Just, I had bought his book on healing to teach a, a home yeah. group, so she didn't even know any of this. And I'm like, okay, because yeah. in um, in they, you know, one of the parts is they're like, all right, now you have to practice what you learn. And I, um, I heard purple sweater, and I saw like this. I saw I the Lord showed me. It was like an older older lady like a mm -hmm. grandma you know move around and then purple sweater and i'm looking around and i see this woman in a purple sweater mm -hmm. and i'm like and i couldn't get to her i'm like that's not really a word of knowledge but then the lord is like you forgot to do something the next day i went up to her mm -hmm. and i said i saw this old woman and she was in a kitchen doing in this immediately tears and it was it was her her um grandma mm. and she missed her you know it was like a whole thing the lord and the, so so the gifts the Lord uses too to minister and draw mm -hmm. people to Him, yeah. and, and it's I tell you what, it's a lot easier to see the Lord manifest in His gifts to to evangelize mm -hmm. than me trying to figure out what to say. People who believe that the spiritual gifts have passed away 
because they were just used to establish a church and now the church is established. They, they, they miss part of the purpose of the spiritual gifts and they're demonstrations of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Uh, people, uh, Jesus said, uh, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is, is upon you. Or he says the kingdom of God is near you. It's language mm-hmm. very much like that. I may not be saying it exactly. So uh, they're demonstrations of the presence and the power of God, but they're given also out of his mercy. Yeah. He heals because he, he loves. In, uh... And because the cross broke the power of sin and death. Yep. So... Uh, Spiritual gifts are their are their way of doing warfare. Their way of building the kingdom of God and tearing down the kingdom of darkness. Yeah, and that whole idea, the sensation, what do you call it, cessationalist? Yeah. That that idea really came about in like the eighteen hundreds with the German, you mm-hmm. know, fund. I don't know what they call them, uh, but anyways, there was a group of theologians over there. Mm-hmm. That's really when it came about. So you had. Yeah. 18, 1,800 years where this was this part of the church. I mean, this is part of the Catholic church, part of the Protestant church. Yeah, it's only 200 years old, yeah. r- roughly, the, the concept of dispensationalism. Yeah, and the so, gifts of some of them have ceased. Yeah, so think about that. Yeah. All of church history until now, you know, they were. it was this part of life. So that's point one. We have 10 of these to go through. Yeah. <laughs> but this may be a long one. And we may, if it gets a, to be a podcast, we may split it into sections. But that was number number one was... Um, that uh, some spiritual gifts are no longer needed, and they're Mm -hmm. all still needed. Uh, Number two would be, I only have one spiritual gift. Yeah. Hmm. Um, So you'll hear people say that, well, I have the gift of whatever helps. you know and yeah it's, it's people who make that statement are usually i have the gift of helps or yeah something very you know so they don't want to yeah. go out too far in a yeah. there. um so the the truth is that uh paul does it says in scripture in first corinthians to one he gives this to one he gives this to one he gives this so people read that and they go okay well what gift did he give me but they're taking that out of context because it's that's the context there's a public meeting so I've heard it described as the dancing hand of God. So he's in a particular meeting, and in that particular meeting, he gives a prophetic word to somebody. He gives a gift of healing to somebody. So that doesn't mean that that if you're in another meeting or even in the same meeting, you can't have more than one spiritual gift. Yeah. Yeah, yeah in, in I, I hear that a lot with people too, and then they're trying to figure that out and uh-huh. everything. Um, but they are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so... Number one, it really isn't us. Mm-hmm. And uh, how awesome is that? Like, just take the pressure off. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do this. Like, it's it's the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit through me. I get to take part in the ride. And I, I love that. I just got to be obedient to what he prompts me to and everything. Mm-hmm. And he does the rest. So I don't heal anybody. Never done it. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit has. I, I describe it this way. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have the full toolbox. Okay, you have access to the full tool, toolbox if you, the Holy Spirit lives in you. So when you walk into a room, whatever he wants to do, he can do. If he can use a donkey in the Old Testament to speak to a prophet, he can use any one of us to speak at any time. He can use any one of us to heal at any time. Come on, come in. Yeah, so, and it's in, and like I said, they're call, it's called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not, uh, it's... You know, so it's it's many. It's in the word. The word there is really charis, graces. You know, so it like I said, it's it's God moving through us, and they're all available. And it's kind of like 
in that moment, like it's a toolbox, right? The gifts are a tool to point people to Christ anyways, or to build the church in those things. So in that moment, whatever um, the Lord knows that that person needs, he's going to make it available for you. And so a lot of times when people want to know what gift they have, they really have to get out there and just see, um, put themselves available and let see what the Lord's doing. You know, you want to see what kind of gifts God wants to manifest? Go minister. Go put yourself in a place to be used. You know. Yeah. Um, so um, I only have one spiritual gift. I can tell you that, that I functioned in multiple spiritual gifts, probably all the ones in 1 Corinthians. Um, uh, and it's interesting um, that some people will say there are only nine spiritual gifts, and they're talking about the, the gifts in, in, uh, Corinthians. in Corinthians, but there are multiple lists of gifts, and none of them are complete. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, that, when, we, when we just look at God with a list and do that, I think we have to remember God is not limited. You know, he can do what he wants to do, mm-hmm. for sure. So if he, yeah. uh, you know, wants to do something new, <laughs> he, yeah. can, he can do it because he's God. Yeah, and it, it's kind of interesting, too, because the, the gifts, um, he, he doesn't, uh, there's not, in the original letters written by Paul, they didn't have an appendix that defines the gifts. Yeah. So we're, uh, we have a good idea of what Paul meant based on other scriptures and experience, but sometimes different groups define them slightly differently. Yeah. So like the nine, mm-hmm. nine, Holy Sp- the nine ones in Corinthians, mm-hmm. um, even some of the translations, like the gift of miracles, mm-hmm. that word is dunamis, mm-hmm. you know? So I, have, I really have a hard time. I, I struggle. I, I don't struggle. I think I have my interpretation, but mm-hmm. I have a hard time with why they translated it miracles mm-hmm. in, and, Oh, go ahead. And when you when you move in, in a ministry setting, and you're moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not thinking to yourself, "Oh, I had a word of knowledge followed by a word of wisdom combined yeah. with the gift of miracles." You don't think about that. You're just you're you're operating in the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're asking Him to do something. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That's why I totally agree. Like you never. Yeah. I, I mean, the furthest thing from my mind is what gift is working right now. Yeah. You know, when you're in the presence of God or, and God's moving, the Holy Spirit's moving, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not thinking of anything, but but yeah. that kingdom, like I tell, I tell people, you know, with my hands and feet and my pain, I never think of how much pain I'm in. I don't mm-hmm. think of what time it is or I'm hungry. I'm just in that moment and uh, don't realize a lot of things, but what Lord's, the Lord's doing. So uh, um, I have them numbered kind of funny here, but uh, so number one was uh, some spiritual gifts are... are are no longer needed. Number two was, I only have one spiritual gift. Number three would be, I own my spiritual gift. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, that's kind of dangerous. Sometimes people get their identity a little bit too much wrapped up in a particular gift. Like, I have the gift of prophecy, which I get that, uh, using that language, because I've used that, you know, because I do have the gift of prophecy whenever God uses me to prophesy, but I don't own that gift. It's not like... Um, yeah, so it's, it's not like I own the gift. I would, I would say too, that's probably one of the biggest things that's turned a lot of people off from, from Mm -hmm. like movements that are heavy in the gifts is because of some, sometimes that is almost Mm -hmm. prideful, you know what I mean? And it can Mm -hmm. be portrayed in that. And it, and it's, it's important to remember that, like, like we said, it's all the gifts are from God Mm -hmm. and it's him doing that in his plays and, uh, they're not there 
to exploit. Mm-hmm. And they're not know. there to make you look good. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, unfortunately some people do and mm-hmm. God will deal with them. I trust the Holy Spirit, but, but that's also can turn people away. It can. So you don't own your spiritual gift, although you may function in one frequently. <clears throat> um, which brings me to, okay, uh, number four, the gifts of this, uh, are not the same things as, as the fruit of the Spirit. Sometimes people get, they confuse the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. I've heard people say, I have the gift of patience. Yeah. And um, it, it's, uh, that may not, that's not really uh, one of the spiritual gifts that's listed in Scripture. So uh, gentleness, meekness, self-control, those yeah. are fruits of the Spirit, and they're different from the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of, of power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think the Holy Spirit can help you have patience like he can help them but that's not the same thing as the gifts well the fruits right are Mm -hmm. definitely a mark of the spirit working in your life yeah you know and Mm -hmm. so in the gifts now it's the gifts right remember moses when he went the magicians of pharaoh Mm -hmm. mimicked a lot of things Mm -hmm. you know so that that's it you know but the fruits of the spirit those will always get revealed you know you you can see like before i was saved i definitely was not patient Mm. I was not kind. I didn't, I really didn't like people, you know, so those are marks of it. And, um, and like, like the gifts, let's say a word of knowledge, you know, think of the psychics, mm-hmm. you know, that, that would appear, they could look like they're doing something for God mm-hmm. and it's demonic, you know? And so mm-hmm. there's plenty of things that do that, but the, the, the fruits are very important and they're the mark of yes, that, you know? Both and, um, and so, yeah, I wouldn't, I want to confuse those. Another one is gifts are the same as offices. There's a difference between gifts and offices. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, 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 you want the past, the offices, right? Or, yeah. Or, God has given some as apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. Yeah. So those are office office gifts, or uh, and and so all of those are related to the gifts. For instance, you might have somebody somebody that functions in the office of the prophet. And what that means is they start out uh, and they, they prophesy. So any Christian can prophesy. It's all, all you're doing there is be, being a mailman, yeah. right? Yep. It can be something like, this occurred to me and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and you share it with somebody else. could even be a scripture. The Holy Spirit is pointing the scripture out and I share it to somebody, somebody else. That's a, a, a general prophetic thing. But when somebody starts to move in a great degree of accuracy and they start having dreams that are real and they start having uh, words of knowledge that are real and they start uh, being able to see things and and there's an accuracy in the things that they're saying and there's a a marked track record of fruit, then the body of Christ recognizes them and said, this guy's moving prophetically frequently and there's a lot of fruit and history behind it. His character is in order. Therefore, I think that person has the office of a prophet. Yeah, and I think God raises up, mm-hmm. you know, people to that office. Like, and Alan just mm-hmm. gave a good description of how that that works and how to recognize it. But, um, you know, like we said, God moves in in all the gifts. So just because you prophesy doesn't mean you have that office or uh, apostle or, or or whatever. And those offices, um, a lot of times. You know, we forget about them. We're such a pastor-centered mm-hmm. church, but it was that was there um, to, for the church. That's really how the church functioned. Mm-hmm. And in some of that, you get like, "Well, where's the apostles? Like they're gone." 
but but scripture is clear in 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 um the word apostle was roman you know and it was a it well came from yeah it, roman it, greek and roman tradition. yeah because it was the idea of of mm-hmm. going someplace and in, in being the representative of the a culture sent, the word means sent one one who's sent yeah. Yeah, and so like so we we kind of throw things out because we go well, mm-hmm. the 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 twelve apostles they don't you know so mm-hmm. there are no other but the truth is that <clears throat> we're still sent we're still apostles that in the Bible there's other apostles mentioned mm-hmm. that were called that um, just like mm-hmm. there's only one evangelist mentioned that I that I know of in uh, uh, Philip yeah Philip that's it yeah although although if you look at um, the uh, the apostles, a lot of them moved evangelistically, yeah. and and so, so they a, moved in that gifting. Yeah, um, I would say uh, Paul, he was an apostle, but he also was an evangelist. Yeah, and you and so, mm-hmm. but were they actually labeled people? Yeah, like, you know. So come back mm-hmm. to the word again, and yep. there. So there's a clear. There's clearly these offices were still functioning after Christ, and after Christ called the twelve. You know, and and I see that, and so even today, is our church and our body wants to function. I think this is part of that um, <sighs> unity that's going to be that needs to come. That Christ, that Christ is working for His body to be united, and when we start functioning that, mm-hmm. you know, the pastor, um, uh, you know, we're so much the pastor preaches the word. Well, that's the message from God, but He's also the shepherd to, to shepherd the flock. But you have your teachers over there. Mm-hmm. How much sound teaching do we need now? We're in a time of that. We need teachers. We need that office. Yes, we do. In uh, you know, evangelist. To be honest, when I look at that, what we call a lot of times in label is an evangelist. I go, I don't know about if they have that office. They may be evangelistic, but when you think of evangelists, I think of uh, Reinhard Bonnke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of of Billy Graham. And there's so few... some people may be exercising a gift, but not really having the office. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's there's like in the Bible, there's one named. Mm-hmm. Now, every, you, like you said, you look at the 12, they were definitely operating evangelists. And even when we know, mm-hmm. when we read, like Thomas went to India, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, uh, and you see, so you know they operated in that. But there's a reason there's one named. And mm-hmm. when we look at evangelists, I go up to, for that office, and I don't know why, but I really wrestle with that. And I believe mm-hmm. that they're true office holders of evangelists. We only see a few. Mm-hmm. I mean, Reinhard Bonnke, when I listened to him preach, man, I wanted to repent. Yeah. Billy Graham, the same, the same yeah. thing. Billy when, Graham was definitely an evangelist. I would watch those video. I mean, you, I'm mm-hmm. talking people where they bring you to a place of repentance and calling on Christ. When I watch those guys preach, I'm like, I know I'm saved, but I'm ready to repent again. Do you know, you know the number one term for ministry in the Bible is apostle? Yeah. As apostolic. Not saying everybody... So you can be... People are these days are are worried about using the word apostolic yeah. because they're worried about people seizing authority and and yeah. all this kind of stuff. But um, you can function apostolically without being an apostle in yeah. the same way that you can function prophetically without being yeah. a prophet. So in in some ways, missionaries are apostolic yeah. because they're being sent and they're establishing communities of believers. Does when that make I, sense? Yeah. When I teach on it, like a lot of times, I teach that the mm-hmm. apostle is someone who who uh, pushes us out further, mm-hmm. you know, into other cultures and into other areas. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that kind of drive ahead in that. And so the missionaries mm-hmm. are always functioning in some kind of apostolic way, whether they're the office of apostle or not. But we need, see, we need all, all those offices and gifts mm-hmm. functioning because the tendency for us 
and I'm saying everyone, mm-hmm. is to stay See, with people like us. I, I have, I have, uh, I've helped plant churches. Yep. So in that general sense, I've, I've not been, I've never been an apostle. Yeah. I don't have that kind of authority. I've not established churches by myself, but I've been part of apostolic teams. Yeah. They've gone into places, planted churches, developed regions. Yeah. So in that sense, I've, I've been apostolic, but I've never been an apostle. Right. Does that make sense? I, I, I feel like I, I, uh, I have prophesied. I, I frequently, I prophesy, but I'm, I don't see myself as a prophet. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, yeah. Th- I hope like the people out there are, are getting something out of this because it's, like under that's what I'm saying. The misunderstanding of this can really affect things and really hold mm-hmm. back things in the walk and development of churches, development of ministries, and really and ultimately what the Lord wants. And I like right now mm-hmm. with the pandemic, I really believe God that we're gonna see more functioning like this and less functioning in the Western mm-hmm. kind of format. And in and that's mm-hmm. all good and everything. I'm not criticizing it, but I think God is is doing a shift. And you'll mm-hmm. see a lot more people raise up and act, function, not act, function mm-hmm. in their things. And God's calling those people. And I, here's, I, I, just, I just thought of this. I, wonder, I really want to say this. Title is not that important. Right. Function <coughs> is very important. Yeah. People are hung up on titles. That's the and, big thing And today. really in the Bible, it should be more that those, those things, those are just descriptive terms. Yeah. Does it make sense? So if you're apostolic... You should be planting, establishing, governing. Yeah. Right. If you're prophetic, you should be bringing the message of what Jesus is saying. So we should be hung up much more on on the fruit and the function than on titles. Well, that's I, I, like people have tried. You know, people call me Pastor Allen, and some sometimes I cringe when I hear that because I don't I don't want I want function. I want and I, I get that they're trying to honor yeah, me when they yeah. say that, but I think. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, we, right? you know, I would say two things on that. I think the culture, like right now, like mm-hmm. I, I know in business, and and I'm sure some other people experiences. Some people want that title. Like it's a big mm-hmm. thing to get titles now. You know, you, go you feel a, significant. You go into a company. There's 55 yeah. vice presidents. It's like who's really the vice president? You know what yeah, I mean? What's the function? Here? Or you know, and so title is a big thing in our culture right now. Mm-hmm. And it. And if, if you don't think that hasn't affected the church, you're wrong. Yeah. And, but but then uh, uh, at the same time, uh, I mean, it, it's nice. It's it's. I'm glad that people, when they say that, like people will call me that and stuff. But there's that whole wane of that in the culture. But you never see like you see mm-hmm. Paul. I count all that stuff dung. Yeah. You know, because he's he he wants to see God move, and it's about the kingdom. And mm-hmm. and honestly, if if someone's ap- moving in the gifts, they're going to be the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. Should it, be humility all over everything they do. That's the number one mark of anybody with, yeah. you know. You know, one of the other things I was going to say, Ellen, is like teachers. You know, mm-hmm. I think when you see someone with the gift of teaching, I mean, people can teach. Don't get me wrong, but when someone has the gift of teaching, it's like they speak the word. And they're teaching you, and just everything's like a light bulb, you know. Yeah, they break you know, it all down and, and bring it to life. Like to see those gifts are yeah. are amazing, and and that's why mm-hmm. it's important when you see, especially the offices. When you, I remember, um, <clears throat> I had this pastor, Pastor Dennis. I don't know, he'll probably see this at some point. <laughs> this guy, he got recognized as the like best teacher in our district, and mm. and like he was humble and stuff, but he could break something down. Or we'd be in meetings and everybody mm-hmm. would be talking 
and he wouldn't be saying much, wouldn't be saying enough, and then it would come mm-hmm. like, oh, what do you think? And he would just so simply pull it all together and put it in a way mm-hmm. you could understand it. And that's, what, I mean, a teacher, mm-hmm. and we need that for the word because sometimes these things, you know, I look at it, yeah. well, over here it says this and over there, and I need we need teachers in that way. Um, you know, they're, they're valuable. All these are important at work. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you like look at a pastor and a shepherd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I know somebody, if they were, if I were to put the definition of pastor, I'd put his picture. Mm-hmm. And it's just because of the care he has for the, the sheep, yeah. you know, it's, you know, sometimes it's hindering because he doesn't want to let people go, you know, cause he's so concerned. It's out of love, mm-hmm. you know? And you, so you need that too, because if you don't have all those gifts, you you know, right? If you, if only the pastors are operating, they want to keep everybody. Mm-hmm. We're never going to do anything new. Only the apostles were driving, 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 going out, going mm-hmm. out, and you're going to lose people. You know, the evangelist, man, an evangelist, it's all reaching people all the time. I mean, they got no patience for it. You see, like, mm-hmm. there's weaknesses and strength, and they all balance together. Like, God... God's no dummy, man. He put this together, and we need these right now in the body mm-hmm. more than ever. We do. Uh, this one might ruffle some feathers, but um, here's uh, um, my number six uh, misconception about spiritual gifts. Women are, only, are, are limited from some spiritual gifts. Some people believe this, that women are limited from some of the spiritual gifts. And, um, and I'm thinking specifically teaching right there. Yep. Teaching and functioning pastorally. And I know that, uh, that so that's some people will probably write me off right there, um, but I've re- I've researched this out. In fact, I think if you want to know half our viewers, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know more about it, I have a, a book called uh, um, "Unsilenced: Giving a Voice to Women Silenced by Ignorance." And I, I spent six years studying it. I've read everything from people that are very liberal to everything to people who are very uh, conservative. Um, I read the Greek, I've read uh, I've, I, the Hebrew, I've studied it, I've studied culture, I've studied, I mean, I've really, really studied this out, read hundreds of books and articles, um, and I came to the conclusion that, that women can function in the gifts and in the offices as much as any man can. Uh, in the Bible, there was a woman called Junia. Paul yes. said, uh, greet Andronicus and Junia, who were prominent among the apostles and who were before Christ in me. And that is the best way to translate that verse. Um, and historically, she was known an, as an apostle yes. and a woman. Um, and I, I, they tried to I have all that. the research there if you want to read it. Yeah. So um, I, I believe women can teach. I believe women can preach. I believe women can raise the dead. You have people like Heidi Baker. Yeah, absolutely. Heidi and Roland, they're both uh, strong ministers of the gospel. She's more, publicly, uh, she's more public than he is. Mm-hmm. But there are over a million people that are... Uh, in churches in Africa yeah. that, are, that are saved. There was a, and she's, they have both functioned apostolically. Yeah. They've established churches and whole regions now in, in Mozambique are, are Christians yeah, because of their work. That if region in Mozambique that was the north part was mm-hmm. Muslim when she got there. Now they call it Christian. Yeah. So, I mean, that if you look at the fruit, uh, I mean, you can define it any way you want, and, and you can say she's not an, an apostle, but... They have functioned as an apostolic team to change a nation. Yeah, and raised up That's so it. many people. I've mm-hmm. friends that are part of that ministry. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and that they've raised up these leaders. That's apostolic. Mm-hmm. You know, and yep. and so like Junia, they try. Some people try to say, "Well, that's a man's name. It was a last name." Listen, it's it's pretty yeah, clear. Actually, when you when you I break it down in the book. When you look at it, uh, because it was uh, translated from Roman. 
Yeah. Um, the Roman language from Latin, it can only be a uh, woman's name if you See? look at it linguistically. Yeah. Get Alan's book. It's good. Yeah. I haven't read so anyway. it all, but but in that in that idea, right? Mm-hmm. We we see this all the time, and and then we kind of come up with things, you know, when a when a man won't do what he's supposed to do, or mm-hmm. like exceptions for things. It's the same Holy Spirit. Yes, I'm not going to look at my wife and tell her she has less of a Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in there, in in that in like teaching. I've I've ran into this. One one of my parts of my call in my life is to see gifts in in and encourage people and do everything I can to raise them out. The Lord was specific with me about that. Yeah. And I had a young woman, clearly, clearly the gift of teaching. I could, I could list things that I saw that, that mm-hmm. made it clear to me that the Lord made it clear to me. And that upset some people that that happened, but I'm going to do what the Lord tells me every time. And then, um, mm-hmm. and you see that, and to limit part of the body is is not yeah. okay, especially in the gifts, because we we need that. We need we the do. full function. You don't want to limit fifty percent or over fifty percent of the body. But um, if you look at all the areas of the church that are growing right now, yeah. China, uh, uh, Iran, and Iraq, those church movements are largely led by women, yeah. and they're the fastest growing churches in the world. They do house churches. Often and there and there, it's an underground church, but it's largely led by women. When in a, a part of that, you know, too, and I want to say this: we 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 need men to raise up to their roles. Like, mm-hmm. if if you believe that, if you believe, then then raise up to your role and let let the Holy Spirit shake it out for you. Mm-hmm. You know, part of this is is um, there's a lot of well, women shouldn't do it, but they're doing it because men aren't stepping up in their roles mm-hmm. either. And they need to in in Syria. I know when when ISIS in that part of Iraq and stuff, they would kill a lot of the men. Mm-hmm. So is God going to stop? Uh, there's women. I'm going to stop moving. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to. Yeah. If we're thinking about things, God, no, He used those women. And it, like Alan said, a lot of it. You know, I remember watching a video, and they stayed and they ministered, and that's why the church grew because. You can read the stories about what ISIS did to women, mm-hmm. but they kept their faith in Christ and ministering to people mm-hmm. that did evil to them. China exploded a million plus believers, they believe, during the pandemic. You know why? Christians were ministering because as they couldn't go out and stuff. They met needs in the home, met need. And a lot mm-hmm. of time that's women in those cultures. And guess what? The church explodes. So I don't think God's going to limit where he's going to go. And we can see that clearly. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful anytime anybody's coming to Christ. This is the end of part one of 10 common misconceptions about spiritual gifts with Alan Garrett and Chris Van Scoy. Please continue on to part two to hear the second half of the discussion. If you are enjoying the Wake the Giant podcast, please share, subscribe, and like on social media.